Hi, this is uh, Tobe here, um, and welcome to the Creative War Room. I have with me a really incredible person. We've got Stuart Black, Group CEO of Ward 6 and now 7. He's an author. He's a pianist, and I know that. And is there anything else this man can't do? Um, I'm not sure, but anyway, how are you, Stu? Mate, I'm very well, Tobe. Um, nice to speak to you, and uh, good to be here with you on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, happy Friday. I know it's um, this week's gone quick because we had a short week here. And if anybody's listening overseas, yeah, we had a we had the King's birthday, which is actually not on his birthday, which is weird. Um, but anyway, it was nice of him to give us a nice birthday uh, gift, which was a day off. So uh, yeah, so um, congrats on the book, mate. It was uh, fantastic. It's your second your second uh, novel, I think. Yeah, in, indeed. Well, th- thank you very much, and uh, and thank you for. Being there, the, the launch party was pretty fun. We, we don't seem to have that many parties these days in our business, so it was kind of fun to, you know, have a, have a bit of a gathering and, uh, and have, a, have a bit of, uh, a, you know, a chat about something fun going on and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, it was really awesome. It was really great to see everybody and some sort of old faces, some new faces as well. So like you say, you know, we tend not to, I don't know what it is, but it's uh, particularly in um, in sort of like the healthcare communications industry that the celebrations have sort of like disappeared, haven't they? Sort of gone off the gone off the radar a bit, and we need to kick that back up again. Well, well, that's right. I was talking to somebody the other day who's who's got a long history in the uh, on the you know healthcare media side of things, and you know we used to you know there used to be all those parties from the you know Ozdoc and Medobs and all those sort of guys and. Uh, you know, th- times have changed, and uh, and we don't have those sort of parties nowadays. And it's it's kind of interesting because the the young guys and and girls who are coming through, you know, the the sort of 22, 23 year olds, they've you know who've just started in the business, you know, during the pandemic or or straight afterwards, mm-hmm. they've not they've not seen as much fun as we <laughs> we used to have. And uh, you know, we've got to somehow bring back a bit of that fun. Um, I think because you know, our business can can get a bit heavy at times. You know, it's it's sort of quite yeah. intense because of the the seriousness of the the products that we look after, and so you kind of need that fun side, I think, to to balance it out. Um, you know, and for for everyone's kind of mental health. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, let, let's 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 work on that. So. Um... So some good. If you got some good reviews for your your book, I've noticed some stuff on LinkedIn. It's, it looks looks like you're getting some good press. Yeah, which which has been really nice. So you you uh, you know you never know with these things um, how how people and particularly critics are going to react. And uh, and I think uh, you know Australia's a pretty tough market if you're an unknown fiction writer. Like there's um, you know it's it's pretty hard for the publishers to to make a profit. With stuff you know that they, they obviously make a profit with big famous global people or you know mm. the captain of the australian cricket team or a celebrity chef or that sort of thing but with fiction in australia it's pretty tough and so um you know the the reviews are important and significant because of that and uh and thankfully so far touchwood um all the ones i've seen have, have been really good and and particularly nice last weekend's weekend weekend australian review was amazing so um yeah i'm, I'm incredibly thankful and in the- yeah that's that's really good because you know i'd be like I'm, i've never written a novel um obviously um but i'd be you know i'd be shitting it i'd be going oh my god what are they going to say so it's really 
heartening. But before we get into the book, because um, I do want to chat about it, and I've read it, by the way, and it's, it is good. I, I read it from, you know, obviously, when I was away, on, on, I had a little week away, and um, it was really fast-paced, and I really enjoyed it. Thanks. But before we get into the book, um, the, the listeners obviously may not know you and uh, probably don't know your journey. So it would be great sort of just to give us a quick sort of short pit stop sort of tour of, of, of Stuart Black and how he got to be where he is today and, uh, you know, and why you chose sort of like advertising, I guess, you know, it would be really great. Sure. Well, um, when I was about 18 or 19, what I would have said to you is there's only one thing I definitely won't do from a career point of view, and that's work in advertising because my father had done it, my <laughs> sister, my brother-in-law. So I was definitely not going to do that. Um, but um, but a, few, a few years later, I worked for a media company and uh, I was doing research for them and, and uh, particularly on the radio side of things. And uh, and then that company went into receivership and suddenly I was, I was kind of going, okay, well, what next? And I, I could have stayed in that space and I suddenly... I was chatting to a friend and I suddenly thought that advertising thing, actually, it doesn't sound too bad. Like there's a, there's <laughs> the creative side of things. And I, I loved, I loved music at that point. That was my particular thing where, you know, I was writing songs, I was playing with a band and stuff like that. And so I liked the, the creative side of things. And this friend of mine was talking about working in the business and I, I ruled it out because of the family thing, you know, I'm never going to do what my father did, you know, that sort of thing. And suddenly it was like, well, actually, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. And, uh, and I started talking to a few people and then I thought, oh, well, you know, because of, you know, connections and whatever, it's going to be easy. But my, my father had left the business and, uh, and I talked to a few people and it was, it was then a bit tougher than I thought. And uh, anyway, I ended up getting a job, thankfully, at uh, at Saatchi's. And, uh, and I didn't know what strap planning was initially, mm. but because of the research background, I kind of, I did a little bit of work in the media space and then, then worked as a planner. And I was lucky enough to, to have an amazing planning director who said, look, I'm going to train you. And she was, she was a very inspiring woman. And, uh, and that kind of got me going. And then, um, you know, I ended up really loving it. And, and, and to my surprise, I encountered some incredibly talented people um, from that period at Saatchi's and then went over to Saatchi's in London. And uh, and it's funny, like at, at the book launch the other night, there were a whole bunch of people from that period at Saatchi's who, who came along, which was, which was lovely. And some of them I hadn't seen for quite a long time. And it's wow. it's really interesting that that and there is a, a particular relevance in terms of that part of my history, and that is, um, you know, how you how you create a wonderful culture in an agency and any business, but particularly an agency where um, in that period at Saatchi's it was very very creative and also mm-hmm. very inspiring, very driven, all that sort of stuff, and. Um, and so I, I, I love that. Anyway, left Saatchi's, ended up going to the healthcare thing, thought I'll just yeah. do that for a minute while, uh, while I work out what I'm going to do next after coming back to Australia. Yeah. And uh, and then ended up really liking the healthcare thing. And then in 2007, we started Ward 6. And then in 2011, opened the Ward 6 Singapore office. 2017, we acquired McCann Health from IPG. 
2018, we opened, we did the same thing in Singapore and, and acquired McCann Health Singapore from IPG. And, uh, and then just a few days ago, we, um, we changed our relationship with IPG where we basically ceased using the McCann Health name and renamed um, that business, that side of the business, Ward 7. So now we've got Ward 6 where there's, there's no change and Ward 7. So in Australia, that's kind of nice because that makes us um, the biggest healthcare agency group in in Australia, and yeah, it's 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 kind of a nice a nice place to be at the moment. That's, that's such a um, you know I, know I know you've condensed it down there very quickly, Stu, but it's such an inspiring kind of journey, and I know it hasn't finished yet. I'm sure. Um, you know, from your early days and not wanting to get in advertising your love of music and you know I share share the same sort of love as well and writing songs and things like that so it's obviously you you've got a very you're a very driven creative person and you know for me watching on the sidelines at Ward 6 all those years ago um you always kind of like wondered oh, you know uh, how come they, those guys can get some great work over the line and I'm you know and it, it takes it takes everybody in a team and everybody believing in great creative and it's and I can see now why, you know, that that's, I mean, obviously you've got some, you've got some great partners there. Um, but I can see now that, that the reason behind that is like everybody wants to do great work and, and you, you are definitely one of those creative people, not just a, a strategist, but, but a creative as well. So I think that really kind of helps, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I'm a very big believer in what you said at the start of, of that, which is the notion that, um, great work only actually ever in our business comes from a team. Like it, it, in my experience, I've never known a great campaign to come from one person. It comes from a whole bunch of people. Um, and, you know, you can, I mean, what, what we see in our business is that good ideas can fall over at any point along the journey. And that's why, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's from, you know, from the suit, the planner, the, obviously the creative team, the, the production side of things, but also even the client, you know, if you don't have a good relationship with the client, the chances are you won't get a really good idea over the line. So, so yeah, that, that whole team is really important. And I think, uh, I mean, one of the things that's, that's always been significant, I think with us, with Ward 6 was just the fact that, with with Hugh and Grant, um, who are the creative directors, as you know, um, mm. I think you know, we 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 kind of always supported each other from day one, and that that sense of like the, the guy who's so I you know I'm, I'm I try not to bother them too much with the the financial <laughs> things that are going on and the administrative stuff that that has to happen and the putting out of fires and all that sort of stuff. But the person in my position, you have, again, you, you have 100 opportunities to harm the creative output of, of your agency. And obviously, mm. you know, I try not, not to harm it and to, and to create an opportunity for, for those guys and, the, well, everyone who's involved in the creative process to actually succeed in, in that. And, um, you know, you, you do, we see it with competitors where there's a lot of people who who don't really believe that's, you know, doing good creative work is the path to success. There are lots of mm. managers in the business in, in, you know, amongst the companies that we see where 
their background is is not on the creative side and and they just don't tend to think that is so significant they consider it something you know you've got to do the creative work but it's not really at the heart of the business whereas for us from day one that was always the heart of the business and so the fact that i mean obviously with you and grant but also also with paul who comes from you know more of a production background but paul mm. is very passionate about great creative as well and so the fact that all of us were into that cared about it and considered it you know central to the way the business was going to operate i think that that's you know had a had a big impact on the culture yeah totally yeah and you know and for anybody listening out there guys being go and check out um the 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 work that at ward six and seven i've done over the years and you can see you know what, what Stu's sort of talking about and i think anybody listening who's thinking that you know how can we get our agency you know doing better work and it's this this is the this is the master class now this is the groundwork to sort of really kind of like okay everybody's got to be behind it you know it's not it's not going to be necessarily driven by money uh it's going to be driven by passion so um what made you kind of like sort of choose you know choose to sort of like team up with Hugh Grant and Paul and going to set up your own shop what made you trust trust them well actually when so so before starting Ward 6 I I worked with uh I I I nicked Hugh and Grant from McCann Health and brought them over to, to Medic Square <laughs> where I was part of publicist at the time and one of the things that I loved and I still remember this very well was when I I gave Hugh a sort of big compliment on a, on what I thought was a fabulous campaign, which um, which McCann Health had done, and Hugh said, "Oh no, actually that that wasn't us. That was another creative team. I mean, we were the creative directors, but that that idea actually came from so and so." And I just loved the attitude. It was like, "Oh, okay, so you 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 don't take credit for for other people's work and and just the humility." in terms of the approach and the genuineness. Um, and that's what Hugh and Grant are like, as, as you know, because you know them. Mm. And and they just, you know, that, I, I think as well that the, the sort of the industriousness, that that, that notion that, okay, we've got to work hard at this. And, and I think, you know, when I started out in the business, it was all about the 30-second TV ad. And, mm. and I remember thinking, even like when I first worked with Hugh and Grant, the fact that they they really cared about, you know, the below the line stuff, the, you know, the direct mail piece, that sort of thing. I just sort of thought these guys, that, that, that caring about, the fact that they really cared about the craft as well as the big idea, I just sort of thought that, that there was something really appealing about that because it just meant like in the healthcare space, you know the the, the rollout. Mat- I mean, the rollout matters in everything, and obviously now the mm, whole thing mm. is not about just a, a TVC. But but it was interesting. Even back then, I sort of thought that the way you you take the idea and apply it and execute it in in kind of you know all the different media, and now obviously you know a few years later, you know digital was taking off and things, and and the way they still look at it as though. No, we've we've got to we even if you've got a good idea, you've still got to work hard at, at execution. You know, you still got to get the production right. You know, all that sort of stuff. Um, 
I thought that was that was really great. And um, and I think you know from from a coming from a planning background, you know the the I, from my time at Saatchi's, I, I was I was always of the opinion that you know the 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 brief, doing a good brief is not enough. It's like it's in fact it's useless if you're creative team can't do something amazing with it so in other words you've kind of got to see everything through so so therefore have like working with a really good creative team it matters and 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 you if you can find a really good creative team to work with then treasure that and treasure them and and make sure they know that you you value them and i think that was a part of it and for for Hugh and Grant i think they liked the idea of of somebody you know, caring about the strategy side of things, caring about getting the brief right. And and that's also been, I think, an important part of the Ward 6 and now Ward 7 journey is that that notion of caring about getting, you know, decent planners on board as well because, you mm. know, if the brief's no good, then your chances of doing some really good work are slim. Absolutely. absolutely. And I love that idea of, you know, nurturing and caring. And I, I think, you know, through my, through my time, there's not, there's not many talking about health areas, health, not mm. many people out there that do that. And, um, you know, I really, really hope that, um, other, other places can sort of really listen to this and, and sort of take note. Uh, it's just not too late to change. And, uh, so that, that's fantastic. I, I really love that, that notion. And talking of craft and talking of, um, yeah, the tools that, that you use along the way, I mean, you're obviously a strategist by trade. So sort of words are kind of your weapons and, and stories are sort of a part of, you know, your, your life and advertising. So how, how easy was it to transition from kind of like writing strategy to writing a novel? Um, so uh, it's it was more the the thing of going from writing songs to writing a novel. So the ah okay is, because what I what I did you know when I was when I was younger, particularly you know my late teens and and in my twenties, um, I I would write lots of songs and and played in a band and uh, and so there, then basically you know there was there was a point where, when I was working at Sarchis and and doing a gig at midnight you know, up in the cross or something became a bit difficult. <laughs> you know, it was a bit tiring to, yeah. doing that sort of thing. So uh, I stopped playing in the band and uh, and I was away on holidays one summer and uh, and I don't know why, but just had a crack at, at starting to write a novel. And uh, and then when I was in London, they had, uh, they had this thing, London, uh, the London Literary Week, and I was at, at Saatchi's there and this email went out to all, I think, we had about 1,200 staff or something like that, 600 in the main part of such, about 600 in the, the affiliated bits. And uh, and this, this email came from the, the MD just saying, look, um, we've got this author in who's sort of around this week for, for London Literary Week, and if you've written anything, a poem, a bit of a novel or whatever, and you'd like to talk to this person, then, uh, then you know, let us know. Anyway, I'd, I'd written 78 pages of, of something and I sent it through and I thought, well, that's, that's, that's it. I'll, I'm, I'm definitely not going to hear back. And, uh, and the guy who was there, the author, um, he wrote back and said, uh, do you want to meet up for a coffee tomorrow morning at 10 a.m.? And, uh, and I said, well, yeah, I'd love to. And I met with him and he said, uh, okay, I've read your 78 pages and, uh, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of work to do. One of the things about 
if you want to write a novel, <laughs> you got a lot of rewriting and all that sort of stuff. But um, you know, you've got your style is easy to read. You're in a kind of genre that's kind of you know that's commercial and that sells well and that sort of thing. So um, so you know, good luck to you. And if I can ever help, let me know. And I I was very surprised by that. But um, just as in the advertising business, um, the that thing of having someone who you admire and respect giving you a kind word it can make the world of difference and yeah when when i had that act of kindness i mean this guy didn't need to meet with me i was a nobody and and he chose to give me his time and and he'd read what i'd written and so forth and 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 showed that in, in what he said and then i thought oh well you know having got that feedback i i better finish that draft and 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 carry on and and that's how it all started that's fantastic isn't it amazing that just what just a few words from somebody can make all the difference it can make or break somebody you know and i think you know that's that that does make a massive difference you know and it can really you know you're at the crossroads talking about music robert johnson at the crossroads you're at the crossroads and somebody can really push you down a different path altogether so it's lucky that you know that guy you know, did have those kind words and give, gave you the gave you the inspiration to carry on. That's fantastic. Well, it, it, exactly, and it's it's also incumbent upon us, you know, like as as people who've been in our, you know, in the in the ad industry for a long time to to remember that, you know, the the and and it's sort of funny, I, you know, over the years, you know, there've been one or two people who've who've sort of come up to me and sort of said, oh, when you when you said blah 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 when you when when i approached you for a job or something and <laughs> you you didn't have a job but you said something or other or whatever and uh and and that they appreciated that and you it's sort of funny because you you know you forget that stuff because if you're you know a creative director or you're running an agency or whatever you, you get so many emails and so many job applications and all that sort of thing so so sometimes you know you forget the detail of these things but the point is that it matters enormously and and the way we deal with people who are approaching us can have a big impact on on you know those people and uh so yeah, yeah. It, it never hurts to be kind what was the name of your band back then Stu? so so the main one was called notorious but we we changed we changed the name a few times because basically we went through hitchcock film names when we change the 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 lineup so I think at one point we were Vertigo, at another point, you know, that one guitarist left and then we became Rear Window and then, you know, the bass <laughs> player changed and then we were Notorious. So so we had about three or four different Hitchcock film names um, <laughs> for the band. Um, but, uh, yeah, but the, the main period was uh, we were called Notorious, which uh, which was, as I say, after a Hitchcock film. That's cool. What was the, what was the kind of like the, the genre of it? Um, sort of, you know, indie pop rock, I guess you'd, you'd call yeah. it. Um, so, uh, you know, um, the, I mean, so, some people thought at the time, like the, the, we had a, a girl who was the lead singer, who had a great voice and, and she, her voice was a little bit like Deborah Harry from Blondie. So some people thought it was right. a little bit, cool. a little bit Blondie like, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think the we're probably a little bit more indian a little bit less pop than the blondie and and some songs sort of slightly heavier but also some ballads as well so yeah 
<laughs> I don't know. It's always, it's always hard to define it. Yeah. It is, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll keep an eye out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trawl, trawl the internet and see if I can find you guys somewhere on the, on there now. <laughs> see it. Watch well, out! I, watch out! Be... Well, I, I must say, one of my favourite things ever, which I, I still remember, was uh, was driving driving home one day, and uh, and I remember when a song of mine it was called No Compromise, and it came on the radio, and uh, on Triple J. Fantastic. And, and I mean, yeah, it was it was such a moving thing because you know if you've ever written a song, um, you know it's it, basically I mean I wrote a lot of songs and and it's it's hard work to to wind up with something that you know sounds good and then you've got to have a band that likes it and then you've got to record it and then you've got to have you know you, and and then for a radio station to actually play it it's um it's a big deal so uh, you know That's that cool. that was. That was yeah a little bit like the, the the thing of having you know a novel published or, or anything or a painting you know an artwork hung or any of that sort of stuff it's um it's pretty cool but that that one was was a big a big thing for me when i was still pretty young and i, I loved it that's good on you mate oh, that's that's so cool so on to the book um I guess, you know, you've, you've had so many, I mean, obviously we've, we've just touched on it just then really about the experiences you had, you know, through agency life. And, um, was this kind of like a, uh, you know, a sort of like a big accumulation of this, or was it, did you write this on more recent experiences? What, what, what um, sort of drove you to write this particular story? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've, I've, I've written a few. So the, the first one that I did was back in, 2009 so that was shallow water and then the next one i did i ended up having to pull because it was um was basically a story that was said in a particular company based on um a, a client of ours and uh and the in the story in the novel um the client is murdered and it was all you know completely made up and all that sort of thing and then um i'd send it off to the agents all done it's ready to go to the publishers and then my client was murdered, um, and uh, so I, in real life. So the um, wow. it was, it was Jeez. yeah, very weird, very strange, and um, and and kind of creepy. And uh, so I, I then I pulled that one because um, it was obviously not wow. You know, no, I certainly didn't want to be seen to be exploiting you know the, somebody's murder. Um, no, fair and, enough. And uh, and and that's sort of weird. I mean, I still one day I, I, I may I may try and publish that one because it was a it was a very strange thing, you know, um, truth following fiction, you know, real life following fiction and, and all yeah. that sort of thing, um, kind of weird. And then um, and then I wrote a couple more, but they were they were not sort of you know they were not quite right. I mean, I, I sort of shared them with um, you know shared them with an agent. One one of them, I think the agent showed to a few publishers and then I, I put them to one side and uh and then with this one um the what what probably helped was the the fact that you know the pandemic meant there was a little bit more time at home and mm. uh and then and because because that that difficult bit you know is is the rewriting bit and I think you know, the pandemic probably helped with that. You know, I, I did the rewriting, did the editing, and that sort of thing. And uh, mm. agent liked it, sent it off to a publisher. Publisher liked it, and um, and then said, "Let's go." So, um, so that's that's how this one happened. 
Yeah, wow. It must be just just sort of liking it. I'm just trying trying to get a bit of a um, an idea about. I've, I've never spoken to or sat in some of the Sydney Writers Festivals things, but I've never really spoken to a person who's written you know a novel that's that's been published necessarily. So, what sort of stresses are there? around it i mean we know what stress is like with with pitches all sorts of things like that advertising stress but what sort of stress is it like when writing something like this um well it's i mean i i guess the first thing to say is that the process of the writing is completely different it's just um, incredibly different to to what happens after it's published so so you go from what is a very solitary sort of process you you're very much on your own and even even if you're, you know, at the stage when you, you're working with an editor and the editor's giving feedback and you're doing rewrites and things, it's still solitary because you still do that that rewriting by yourself. Um, mm. And so, and then it's kind of weird because then when it's when it's about to come out and, and when it comes out, then you have what is for most people a very uncomfortable process, which is suddenly having to sell yourself. So you're you know, whether it's, you know, doing a speech at the launch or, or doing posts on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And, yeah. um, and it's, it's, it's kind of weird because, well, I mean, you think from, from our backgrounds, you know, working in advertising things where, <laughs> you know, we're having to pitch all the time, you'd think you'd be very comfortable with that sort of thing because we basically we pitch all the time and we get rejected all the time. <laughs> you know, that's the nature yeah, of the business. Yeah. Um, and yet, with something like you know book and i think it's similar you know if you if you're doing music or whatever it's um it's still it's 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 quite difficult doing that switch over to to essentially being a salesperson to saying hey here i am and here's my fabulous new book um whereas what you what you'd rather do is just be leaving someone else to do that but i think as a general thing in australia i mean it's it's true anywhere but especially in australia where the market's pretty small you know, there's not a lot of money in, in, in fiction and things. And so you, you have to put yourself out there. You have to, you know, do posts on social media or, or whatever. You have to do a few talks. You have to do, you know, radio interviews or, or sort of media stuff. Mm. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the way it works. It's really interesting. You, I know you mentioned like putting yourself out there. I guess, I guess it's, I guess from, from advertising, it's, like you say, it's a, it's a team behind it. Whereas a novel, it's you and your piece <laughs> yeah. of work, isn't it? So you yeah. really, this is you out there. Um, and it's kind of like you're laid bare, aren't you? It's like a song, you know, listen to yeah. my song. And if it gets slagged down, you go, oh, you, you know, it must be so hard. Well, well, exactly. And the the first time, so so back in, in 2009, I don't think I did any radio interviews. And this time I've sort of done a, I don't know, seven or eight radio interviews. And uh, and the first one, um, I remember, you know, I was, I was, I was pretty anxious because I just sort of thought I, at that point there hadn't been any reviews. It was, it, was before, it was before the book had come out. And I just sort of thought, you know, <laughs> what if this guy says, oh, I can't remember if it was a, a man or I think it was a guy, and, uh, and what if he says, you know, I, I just think this is an appalling thing and it's really, I don't know, sexist, racist, whatever, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 you yeah. know, whatever sort of negative thing that that, uh, that, that might have been said, or the, the writing's rubbish or the, you know, this plot doesn't make sense, I can't believe you did this or, or whatever. And you just, you have no idea. And, um, and so I remember, I remember when, uh, when I did that first one and, and the, the, 
the detail, you know, the radio interview was was full of praise, and I was I was mm. you know aghast. I was so shocked, and it, and it was so <laughs> lovely though. And uh, and then having done the first one, then you 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 kind of, you're not so nervous about about the next one, and and then obviously you get more relaxed as you go on. But uh, but to to your point, in terms of that thing of the putting yourself out there, it's that first one. I hope you enjoyed that first part of my interview with Stuart Black. Next time we'll be delving more into the book, the characters, and where fact becomes fiction, and the battles that Stu's had in writing this novel. So stay tuned.